It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. The FT. Welcome to the FT's Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Esther Bintliff, a digital editor at the Financial Times. This week, the FT has run a series of articles exploring China's expansion in some of Europe's hardest-hit countries. In this report, Tobias Buck, the FT's Madrid bureau chief, looks at the thriving Chinese business community in Spain. From his first-floor office in an industrial estate south of Madrid, Chen Maodong can track the steady flow of bright orange delivery trucks passing through the gates of his sprawling warehouse complex. Laden with beer, liquor, soft drinks and snacks, the vehicles are on their way to restock the thousands of Chinese-run convenience stores that dot the Spanish capital. Business is good. It always has been, even in the worst moments of Spain's economic crisis. Since 2008, the country has been through a housing bust, a banking crisis and a double-dip recession. But Don Pin, the wholesale company run by Mr Chen, managed to triple its sales over the same period. With economic success has come a change in status, both for Mr Chen and the Chinese community. The Spaniards used to look at us like they looked at the other migrants, like people who do the dirty work, he says. Now, when you go to a department store, they have signs in Chinese and staff who speak Chinese. They know, here are people who have money. The bonfire of bankruptcies that burnt its way through corporate Spain left the Chinese largely untouched, a result of hard work, thriftiness, luck and a business culture that values long-term survival above quick profits. In China, we believe that the key issue is not whether you lose money or not, but whether you manage to hold on. So the Chinese have developed a great ability to withstand a crisis. You have to endure, says Marco Wang, a businessman in Madrid whose assets include Spain's leading Chinese newspapers. Still only 34, Mr Chen has emerged as one of the most recognisable faces of the Chinese community in Spain, and as a symbol of its commercial clout and remarkable ability to withstand economic adversity. His story finds parallels across the crisis-scarred countries in southern Europe, which have seen a burst in Chinese migrant arrivals and in Chinese economic activity. Over the past decade, the number of Chinese arrivals in countries such as Spain, Italy and Portugal has soared. According to official data, there are now more than 180,000 Chinese nationals living in Spain, three times more than in 2003. Add in students and naturalised Chinese, and the figure leaps to more than 200,000, the fifth largest minority in the country. Chinese migration to Spain continued to rise even after the start of the crisis. In a country where one in four workers is jobless, unemployment is virtually unknown in Chinese communities. They account for a vastly disproportionate share of business startups. There are more than 40,000 self-employed Chinese on Spain's commercial register, twice as many as before the crisis. At the same time, there are growing signs that the Chinese are beginning to work their way up the economic value chain. Gone are the days when their economic activity in Spain was confined to serving up rolitos de primavera, spring rolls, or selling trinkets in dusty 100 peseta shops. Today there are Chinese-owned fashion chains, import-export businesses, media groups and law firms. 
According to one estimate, the annual turnover of Chinese-run convenience stores alone amounts to 785 million euros. The community's success has come at a significant personal cost. Chinese shops stay open from morning until night, seven days a week, usually staffed by members of the same family. Mr. Chen says he returned to China for the first time in 2010, twelve years after his arrival in Madrid, but is quick to stress that the trip was mainly for business. For most of his time in Spain, he spent money only on goods that he needed to survive. The moment you arrive in Spain as a migrant, you know that your mission is to earn money, not to enjoy life. You need a bed to sleep in and clothes to wear, nothing more, he says. Later, when you have a business and things are going well, you can allow yourself to buy something, but not before. He knows that such single-minded dedication to work is viewed by Spaniards as an incomprehensible sacrifice, but Mr. Chen has no doubt that it lies at the heart of his nation's economic rise. It is with this sacrifice that China is conquering the world, he says. Dressed in a smartly cut black suit, white shirt, and black tie, Mr. Chen breaks into a wistful smile when he recalls how it all began. A native of Qingtan, an impoverished rural county in Zhejiang Province, he arrived in Madrid on November tenth, nineteen ninety-eight. It was quote, like a second birthday, he says. The decision to depart had been a family one. His high school grades were not good enough to go to university. And earning money without a higher education would be tougher in China than in Europe. Besides, his older brother was already living in the Spanish capital. Like most Chinese migrants in those years, he came without money and spoke no Spanish. Aged eighteen, he earned his first cash waiting tables in a Chinese restaurant and selling plastic toys and cheap clothes at fun fairs. The only Spanish words he knew at the time were numbers to haggle, along with hola, gracias, and adios. Determined to scrimp and save as much as possible. Mr. Chen shared a single room with his brother. The only thing to do was work, work, work. In the beginning, we didn't even have a television. He recalls. Four years after he arrived, Mr. Chen joined forces with his brother and uncle to set up their own business. His partners had savings, but they still had to ask for loans from two other family members to reach the twenty thousand euros they needed to buy their first delivery van. We worked every day from eight a.m. in the morning till midnight. Once I made a round trip just to take a kilo of peanuts to one of our customers, he says. The hard work paid off, as the number of Chinese-owned shops soared. So did the business of supplying them. Don Pin reported sales of two hundred twenty thousand euros in its first year. Today, it turns over more than sixty million euros, boasts a fleet of thirty-five trucks and employs a hundred and ten workers. Many of the men and women who work in the offices and warehouses of Don Pin come from the same tiny corner of China. And often conversations take place in the regional dialect. This concentration highlights a crucial feature of the Chinese migration pattern: the influence of family and regional networks. The vast majority of Chinese living in Spain came because a brother, cousin, husband, or uncle had made the same journey. Some believe that as many as seventy or eighty percent of Chinese migrants in Spain come not just from the same province, Zhejiang, but from the same small county, Qingtan. Family networks are not just crucial in deciding what country the Chinese choose as their destination; they also play a critical role in helping the new arrivals get started in business by providing all important access to finance. Mr. Wang says, "If you want to open a bar or start a corner shop, you don't go to the bank to ask for twenty thousand euros. You just ask ten friends and family members for two thousand euros each. One month after opening, you pay back the first person. The second month, you pay back the next. The system works very well." It operates above all else on the basis of personal trust and mutual dependency. You never sign a contract, and you never ask for interest," says Mr. Chen. 
This is not a system or an application. It is all about human trust. It is possible to refuse requests. But by doing so, a Chinese business person shuts him or herself out of the intricate web of favours taken and owed that underpins their community. Today I help you with a loan so you can open your shop, but tomorrow you can help me open my shop, says Mr Chen. It is a system born, at least in part, out of necessity. Like most migrants, the Chinese arriving in Spain typically lacked the assets, credit history and financial guarantees sought by banks. But it also reflects a broader mistrust of the official banking sector. The Chinese know that the bank always wins, so if we don't have to ask for money from the bank, we don't, says Mao Feng, a Madrid-based businessman and president of the Association of Chinese in Spain. Business leaders and analysts agree that the cheap, flexible system of financing is one of the crucial reasons why the Chinese were able to weather the crisis better than most. Unlike their Spanish counterparts, the Chinese were largely insulated from the vagaries of the country's tottering retail banking system. When lenders stopped the flow of credit to small and medium-sized companies, the Chinese were unaffected. And when a Chinese business had trouble repaying a loan or paying staff salaries, it was usually easy to find a swift and flexible solution. Its main creditors, more likely than not, were not twitchy banks, but family members and friends. Its workers typically were similarly close, and usually ready to accept a temporary wage cut. Mario Esteban, of the Real Instituto Alcano in Madrid, says, Who survives in a crisis? Those who have capital or who have easy access to capital. And when the crisis came, the Chinese had their family network to fall back on. Personal savings played another big part in seeing the Chinese business sector through the crisis. When a Chinese earns a thousand euros, he will never spend it all, says Mr Mao. He will always set aside 500 euros or so to make provisions for the future or to invest. Thriftiness and a capacity for hard work are at the heart of a business culture that has served the Chinese commercial class well, whether in Spain or elsewhere. Indeed, as much as they profess to admire Spain and the Spaniards, some Chinese find it hard to hide their disdain for some of the more carefree local habits. When I tell a Chinese worker I need someone to work on a Saturday, he will do it and I'll pay him, Mr Chen says. With a Spaniard, when I ask him to work on the weekend, I have to negotiate. It's almost like I'm asking him a favour. The Chinese community in Spain kept growing long after the economic collapse, and even as other migrant groups began to return to their home countries. Newcomers say that the more recent wave of migrants is different from Mr Chen's generation. Many arrive by choice, not out of economic necessity. They come to see something of the world, to improve their skills, but they're a little less driven. Work visas are harder to come by, and the economic gain of moving to Europe is not as clear-cut as before. Some data suggests that the number of new arrivals from China is finally dropping off. Migrants are still coming, but there are fewer. They're better educated, and they often come for a specific job or to study a particular course. There is no reason to come to Spain anymore. You can live very well in China now, remarks Mr Mao. Yet just as the wave of migrants has crested, a new wave is building, this time bringing money and investment from China rather than workers. David Hon, a partner at KPMG in Madrid, has watched it gather in strength since he began heading the accounting firm's China desk in the Spanish capital. The phone is hopping. It's as if someone lifted the barrier 18 months ago and said, Spain is OK now, he says. Mr Hon points out that most transactions involve Chinese groups buying minority stakes in Spanish companies, with the aim of launching joint ventures, either in third markets or back in China itself. Group A buys Group B. That's not the way forward for the Chinese, he says. This is about setting up alliances. 
Chinese companies have shown interest in sectors where Spain enjoys a strong record, such as tourism, food, infrastructure and construction. Over the past year, for example, Chinese investors have bought large stakes in NH, the Spanish hotel chain, in Campo Frio, a maker of sausages and other pork products, and in Osborne, the Sherry Group. It's an approach that mirrors the one taken by Chinese companies in other parts of Europe. But even as this outside investment helps the Spanish economy, it is prompting a broader sense of unease. Some view the Chinese and their work ethic as a threat to their way of life. People ask, do we have to work like the Chinese? Says Mr Esteban. That, indeed, was the unwelcome message delivered by Juan Roig, a Spanish supermarket magnate, at the height of the crisis. It failed to endear him, or the Chinese, to the broader Spanish public, which was and still is wrestling with sky-high unemployment and a painful drop in living standards. Polls show that Spaniards typically have a lower opinion of China than their counterparts in other European countries. Chinese business leaders acknowledge that relations are far from perfect, but insist that the community is integrating well into Spanish society. The first generation of Chinese migrants had a lot of difficulty with the language, says Mr Mao. They had no time to study, but their children study in Spanish schools, they speak Spanish perfectly and they know Spanish culture, so I think things are getting better, he adds. He argues that most Chinese living in Spain are here to stay. Mr Chen, the founder of Don Pin, says there are countless things he likes about life in his adopted country. But he, for one, has no desire to grow old in Madrid. When I die... I want to die in my village. I arrived here when I was 18, but I still feel my roots very strongly. But it's different for the children. My children will be madrillions. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.